exclusively skills required for this job is obviously you should be able to like understand scientific jargon and be able to like communicate that in a very sim simple audience specific way so each journal has a different kind of audience so you should make sure that your like messaging of your manuscript is in accordance to that and you know just making visually engaging posters slide decks these are like basic things that um, we are already like taught during graduate school <laughs> Welcome to the PhD talk show series offered by Biopatrika. I'm your host, Shreyas Karunakara. And uh, today we have with us Dr. Amrita Ayer, uh, a full-time science writer and science communicator uh, at Tempest Labs, who has joined in all from United States. Uh, welcome, you, Amrita. Thank you for the lovely introduction, Shreyas. It's really nice to be here sharing my experiences with uh, the Biopatrika audience today. Right. So uh, at the outset, uh, can you just uh, elaborate on uh, your career trajectory and uh, make our viewers familiar on uh, what specific paths you, uh, you uh, embraced, uh, starting from your uh, basic still the present position that you had? Sure. Um, so I <clears throat> will go right from my like bachelor's. So I did my bachelor's in biotechnology from VIT Bellore. And uh, then I did my master's in biological sciences, so MS by research from IIT Madras. And then I came to the US for uh, my PhD in human and molecular genetics at the Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas uh, in 2016. So this is basically like all the university affiliations and the degrees I got. But essentially all of my focus has been on like research in the field of like biology, to start off and then it was uh, more into like genetics uh, as a speciality. So I basically trained like a bunch of people in this world as a bench scientist for many, many years, like eight to nine years almost, um, doing experiments in the lab and uh, you know, like <clears throat> just doing what a bench scientist would do, like learning a bunch of techniques and you know, uh, framing a bunch of hypotheses, trying to solve that and so on. Um, but it was only during my time uh, while pursuing a PhD that I really started looking out for opportunities outside of like lab work. Uh, it felt like I had to do something for like having a good work-life balance as well as just taking my mind off things, especially when uh, things were not working out, you know, experiment-wise or just having difficulties during a PhD. So while doing that, um, I like chanced upon this concept uh, the concept of science communication. I was very surprised, more curious what this is all about. Started attending sessions and going more into uh, into the depths of what SciComm is all about. And then I realized that there's like almost like an industry out there that's doing like a phenomenal job, just trying to bridge the gap between um, scientists speaking complex scientific language and anybody, just about anybody who's enthusiastic uh, in learning what these complex concepts are about and what scientists are doing in their labs and at the bench for you know like years and years. So I found that niche, uh, found that a, to be a very niche area. And then I started pursuing opportunities where, where I could like contribute in this area. And I realized that I really liked doing this work. Um, just to give you a few examples, the very first organization I got involved with is ComSciCon. So they're more like a, a science communication for students by students 
kind of workshop. So they had like uh, chapter workshops across cities. And that was, I was involved with them for like several years during PhD, um, right from my like second, third year until I graduated. Uh, and then Club Saira is another blog um, where I served as editor. It got me a lot of opportunities both to write as well as edit, work with authors, illustrators, a lot of people in this field and so on. So several experiences like this. And then one more where I was like talking to children at school, like eighth graders, I had to like talk to them about my research. So each was an experience in its own way. There was so much to learn as well as there was so much I could give back. Um, so after having like all these rich experiences when I graduated and I was at this point where I had to like decide on what I want to do next, uh, I thought it would be a good step for me to confidently go into this space um, and I just gave it a shot. So just left behind lab work and ventured into SciComm full-time. Now I work as a science writer for a company named Tempest Labs. So Tempest um, <clears throat> applies artificial intelligence uh, to solve healthcare and patient challenges. And my job as a science writer within the scientific communications department is essentially managing several research projects, both uh, with external collaborators as well as R&D within the company. And what we do is we are the last stage of the pipeline. We essentially help all these researchers communicate their work to journals, conferences, through like abstracts, posters, manuscripts, and so on. So dealing with six to eight projects at a time, each project being at a different stage. So that's what my job is all about. And it's been a great transition uh, it's been a very worthwhile transition and a great experience so far. Right. So uh, how uh, would you describe your uh, job uh, in a way like uh, you have a lot of other uh, uh, academic as well as industrial jobs out there in the market. So uh, how does your job fit in or how is it different from those jobs which are already there? So like I said, uh, my job itself is not something extremely different. Like every biotech company, pharma company out there has like a publication department. They're either called a scientific communication department or a publication department, or they are uh, a department that's part of medical affairs in most companies. But the kind of role that I do exists very widely across all um, bio and pharma companies. So it's not that unique. So I would just say the uniqueness of my role right now is that my focus is mostly on like scientific publications, but scientific publications are not the only kind of writing that folks do in the industry. There are different kinds of writing and scientific publications, just one of them. So I would say like my role, the uniqueness is just, is that I do scientific publications for the most part. Um, and as opposed to like R&D and uh, other like hardcore, like science, scientist roles out there. This is different because I don't do research anymore, but still I'm involved with some stage of each research project. Great. Uh, so uh, my next question uh, to you would be, uh, what are the specific skill sets that uh, you would recommend any young investigator or a young researcher to land up in a similar job like that of yours and where to specifically look for acquiring these kind of skill sets? Um, so there is no need for you to like go out and, uh, you know, like learn or look for a skill set. I would say most students during the time that they are like pursuing their PhD, they are already honing these skills. Like for example, time management, staying organized, 
you know, project management at a time managing multiple projects. We are doing all these things when we are in grad school. Um, so exclusively skills required for this job is obviously you should be able to like understand scientific jargon, be able to like communicate that in a very sim simple audience specific way. So each journal has a different kind of audience. So you should make sure that your like messaging of your manuscript is in accordance to that. And, you know, just making visually engaging posters, slide decks. These are like basic things that um, we are already like taught during graduate school, along with the other skills I mentioned. So these are mostly what uh, one would require in this job. But the only thing that I have like noticed, at least in the industry and in my limited one year of uh, being in the industry, looking for a job and everything is that um, if you don't have like a unique set of experiences on the side or something to show. Um, generally, the industry prefers people who have a little more experience. So getting this kind of a role straight out of a PhD is much harder. Uh, if you don't have something exclusively to show that you are well-versed in the field and you have experiences doing these uh, things, which are more like psychom or writing specific. Um, so in that case, it will be very like surprising that most people around are like, postdocs because they have more manuscript writing experience. It's just, just the uh, nature of the job and the nature of how much time people spend doing these things. So my advice for folks in PhD or like in their like second year, third year would be if you are like considering career paths apart from academia or uh, let me say along with academia, my suggestion would be start looking into what they are, start talking to people and also start building your profile on the side in such a way that you know you have like a research unique resume as well as this particular you know the other job that you're trying like writing msl whatever it is you have like a specific resume you can make for these jobs so that's the amount of like experiences you should try to like get within the next couple of years and doing this along with lab work for several years is fairly easy uh, it's not as uh, pressurizing as having to do it in your fifth year or sixth year, where naturally it is impossible. If you are trying to like target participating at conferences for several years, you cannot do that in a year, right? Show that in yeah. a year. So I would say start early, build something unique along with your lab work and you should be fine. Great. Uh, so uh, what role did uh, academics and academic mentorship specifically had in your life? Can you uh, tell us more on that? Sure. Um, I would say a lot of my science communication training was also within the lab. So my advisor played a very big role in um, trying to identify or rather like train. He trained me in communicating better and he made sure that that started with my own project. So even if it was a lab meeting or like a like an area specific conference, he never used to let anybody from the lab, not just me, just go out with a bad presentation or something that no one understands. He always used to say, it doesn't matter if the person on the other side understands everything you're trying to tell. You should just make their job easy. And he always used to tell us that your presentations are not a data dump. That's completely different from making a good presentation and making your audience go away learning something. So. He has been instrumental in driving those points <laughs> uh, constantly into my head. And the other thing is he was also very flexible with respect to lab work. He never insisted that I had to like work like 12 hours, 16 hours, whatever. He, he always used to say, as long as you're getting your like 
experiments done and your research is moving forward, I don't care what you're doing outside of the lab. You can go ahead, spend how much of a time you want, do whatever you want, like go for it. And he wrote a lot of very supportive letters. So I would definitely say like having a supportive mentor plays a very big role. So your advisor should be somebody who supports you in this whole process. So that is very important. And that definitely played a big role in my life too. Right. Do you have any hobbies or uh, do you find time to do or to pursue something you like apart from working as a full-time science communicator? Absolutely. Um, I would say like life feels a lot more free now of after grad school. Um, have a lot. I feel like I have, I'm more relaxed. So uh, there are hobbies that I have been pursuing for a long time. Uh, but again, it's when I say long time, it's just I've been at it for a long time, but not like every single day sort of thing. Um, so I like to like cook. So that's one thing that I've taken a lot of interest in off late. You know, just just trying to like go there, get good at it, um, basically cooking. And then while I was in Texas, I used to do a lot of gardening. But that's been a little bit difficult in Chicago because of the weather. Um, so that's something I really like to just getting my hands into the soil and, you know, like just just. Uh, doing gardening that's one of my favorite things to do and the other thing is also I've learned music for a while so when I do get time I practice sometimes and um, another thing that I like to do again not been at it for too long is also like trying to write fiction so just take a break from all the science writing and write something else so these are a couple of things that come to mind when uh, you ask me about like things I do outside of my job right and before we wrap up, my final question to you would be, so do you love what you currently do? And what is that one particular trigger that pushes you through your day-to-day uh, -day work life? Yeah, I would definitely say I love what I do. And uh, one of the biggest reasons for that has also been my uh, team. So my teammates are really good and uh, they never made me feel like this was like a hard transition I was making. There was always a struggle that you're leaving behind everything you know and going into a new space. But I think the, my team has been uh, essential. They played a very big role in making sure that I never like found it extremely hard. They were always there to help. And they're a very nice bunch of people that I enjoy sharing ideas with. And uh, they helped me at a very critical time. So just interacting with them every day is something that I like to do as part of my job. And the other thing is... Um, also, what motivates me, I think it's just when I see the product of uh, my own work, like let's say a bunch of text comes to me and I'm like, okay, how can I make this visually engaging? And then I try different things. So just like getting to go out there, the freedom that I have in trying a bunch of things, you know, discussing that with a lot of people, asking them, hey, do you think this looks good? That sort of interaction and you know, just playing around with new ideas, new kinds of representations and just doing all that is something I really like about my job and that keeps me going. Great. So it's been really a pleasure talking to you, Amrita. So Likewise, Shayas. It's been wonderful uh, talking to you today.